0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on
1: 630
2: Chad. Riley drops back, looks, looks,
1: dances and throws and he's going deep down the field. Oh, oh what a catch by Darrell Walker who skips his way to the end zone. He'll drop it off to Pouillon, twists it back to McDavid, inside to Everly, re-shot, score! 3-0 Jordan Everly from For breaking news on your favorite
3: teams. Now, Inside Sports. With Reed Wilkins. On the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630
1: Chet. Well, one week from today we will be into the second period of the final Edmonton Oilers game at Rexall Place. Counting down to that, they got the Flames on Saturday. The last battle of Alberta in the Old Barn. And then the Vancouver Canucks here in town for the last Oilers Event We will uh, have some storytelling today. Going to be some fun stuff. Uh, In this first hour, we'll have some stories that are actually more related to the music field from some uh, Northlands and uh, Rexall Place employees. Pretty interesting stuff there. Ken Lowe is going to join us on the show tonight. The former head medical trainer for the Edmonton Oilers also was the uh, medical trainer for the Edmonton Eskimos in the 1980s i uh, going to ask Ken the toughest Oilers that he's ever dealt with in his capacity as the Oilers trainer. We'll keep you updated on the other town scoreboard. Oh, and on the in-town scoreboard as well. Huge game at Rexall tonight. Game three, Oil Kings against Brandon. The Oil Kings are up 2-0 in that best of seven. They play tonight, they play tomorrow. If Brandon wins at least one of those two games, there'll be another game on Sunday. It's a 2-3-2 format. Chris Sheets from Kissing Country 1039 on a little bit later on as well to tell some Rexall play stories. Jack Michaels will join us too as we move along. And, of course, we always want to hear from you. 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. Josh jumping in right off the hop. He says, memory lane time for the Coliseum and concerts, 1978 Ched Date Night at the exhibition. The Eagles came to town. We were third row on the floor. And, of course, who could ever forget the noise in the crowd during the finals of the first championship NHL season? Ched Date Night. Was that where you got to go to a concert with Bob Layton? I mean, I would have said Halsey. But I think in 1978, would Halsey have not been on CJCA? I think. I know when I was a kid, CJCA had uh, was it CJCA that had sure it was CJCA that had the Eskimos games. Uh, anyway, Ched date night. I didn't I didn't know the station had that. That's crazy. Josh, thank you for that memory. The Eagles were the the Eagles must have been one of the biggest bands in the world in, at the time. 1978. I was four, so I can't tell you a lot about 70s music. Uh, well, though I can, I do remember vaguely, uh, very vaguely attending WHA games in what would have been the 78-79 season as a uh, four-year-old Reed Wilkins, living in Alder Flats, Alberta at that time. Wonderful community. I think it had a population of about 88 people when I was there. Um, I Yes, I am old enough to have attended games in the World Hockey Association. And I believe, if memory serves me correctly, that the three teams I saw were... The Winnipeg Jets, the Quebec Nordiques, and the, I don't know if they were the New England or the Hartford Whalers at the time, but the, the Whalers. So the three teams who, wind up, who wound up joining the National Hockey League with the Edmonton Oilers. I didn't have the pleasure of seeing the Cincinnati Stingers or the Birmingham Bulls or the Toronto Toros or the Baltimore Blades or uh, any of those teams who were in the World Hockey Association. But uh yeah, it's going to be fun. We're 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 going to we're going to talk a bit about the building. So much uh history there. Obviously a lot of non uh Oilers sporting events too, like uh you know, world figure skating, the uh roar of the rings, the big curling playdowns. Back in 2009, you had the rodeo there for for a long time. So, uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff is going to be fun, and we will get to some of that the, throughout this evening and uh, in the next week here on Inside Sports. Matthew Panashik is our studio producer this evening. Matthew, you are 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 you a season ticket holder for the Edmonton Oilers? My family is, yes. Your family is, what do you have, like a whole section? Because you have a very large family.
0: <laughs> no, just four seats, that's it, Reed. My dad's been a season ticket holder since one year since the WHA. So one year the WHA plus all the older seasons.
1: So since 78, 79, so he's yep. been pretty young. Your dad is not an old man. Nope. I wouldn't say it on the air. He's but your <laughs> old man, but he's not an old man. Uh, <laughs> Now, were you there for any of the Stanley Cup victories?
0: No. I, I you was weren't just, there I for was, a single one. I was too young. 1990, I was only four reads. So, didn't okay. have so a chance. So, your father
1: but, has been there, though.
0: Yes. He, they saw everything. They saw 15 and 39. They saw pretty much everything that's, that's been there. So, pretty cool. To have, I, 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 and a matter of fact, I've been asking my mom and dad about those times the last couple of weeks. Every time I go to Rexall, I always ask for a good memory, and they keep bringing up you know, all these fantastic memories. I have my own concert memories. We'll get to that later, though. Cool. I've been to a lot of concerts. I've just been writing down all these names, and I've been to a lot of concerts at Rexall. Like right,
1: random us. names or names of bands?
0: Names of bands <laughs> and names of uh, names just, of people I've seen there. I've so. just
1: randomly been writing down names. <laughs> Jeff, Markwart, Marjorie. <laughs> Okay. Well, I do want to have a bit of a, a musical theme to this show as well, and uh, as as you know, Matthew, and probably the listeners know, uh, Def Leppard being my favorite band, Van Halen a close second. Yeah. Uh, through through their uh, various uh, lead singer trials over the years and back and forth they've gone with with many of them. So what was cool today was that a uh, little bit of a gathering at, at Rexall Place. This morning. And by the way, the Oilers did not skate today to actually talk about the sports stuff. Uh, the Oilers did not skate as we go into your Action Furnace Oilers report. Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. An off ice workout. You had Nugent Hopkins on the ice. You had Griba, Party, Packerinen, and Brassois on the ice. Packerinen missed the last game. He was a little ill. Party and Greiba hoping to get back before the uh, end of the season. So the other guys worked out off ice. And we'll have some comments from them coming up la- later on tonight. Uh, so they, they had a little, a little gathering. So you had Barry Stafford there. He was on with Bob earlier today, former equipment manager. Lyle Sparky Kolchiski was there, another uh, former Oilers equipment manager. Uh, Ken Lowe was there, former Oilers head medical trainer. I, I got a feature interview with him coming up later on in the show. A couple of other guys as well: George Waslanchuk, the Northlands director of operations, and Matthew. We had Trent Evans on the show. Started working at Northlands in his in his teens, and now he's a senior sales manager at at Northlands. And, and George, kind of a similar story, started as a, a young man and has worked his way up and done a variety of different things. So he has a, a Van Halen story about one of their visits to Rexall Place and uh, I, I quite an
4: enjoy this. When the rest of the dressing rooms backstage had been renovated, the, it hadn't been, uh, hadn't been fully activated when uh, they came in for, their first, for that show. So went in there and uh, I guess he walked past the, the sensor and the, the toilet was pressurized and hadn't been pressurized and sprayed the walls and sprayed him. So it was clean water, but he got sprayed and he was very unhappy. This so was Eddie himself? Eddie Van Halen, oh, yeah. yeah. It was down in the referee's room. And so uh, <laughs> he'd gotten sprayed. So when I came in there, he was swearing mad. He was just coming back after having showered. I came in with another gentleman and they told us what happened. I think Wolfgang told us what had happened and his EA. And uh, the gentleman that was with me started laughing. So Eddie swore at him and told him get the hell out and uh, so I went in the room to have a look and it flushed and I kind of jumped back and so I went he said no more people in the room so I kind of got trapped in there with him while he was warming up so it was kind of nice he had two Marshall amps and that famous red guitar with all the stripes on it there was even the drill was even on the table from when he played it with the drill it was pretty amazing um yeah, I'd gotten some, some Allen keys and figured out how to take uh, the electric <laughs> flusher apart and took it apart so it wouldn't flush anymore, but got a little bit of a concert and, <laughs> and a shower. <laughs> that, that's George Waslachuk. So there's,
1: there's one way to, to uh, get to spend some time with a rock star. Make sure he gets sprayed with toilet water. So Eddie, Eddie gets everyone else out of there except for George, and he fixes the toilet while, uh, while Eddie warms up on his guitar. That is incredible. Like, how surreal would that be? Well, I'm fixing a toilet, which probably isn't the most desirable job in the world. But at the same time, one of the best guitar players in the world just happens to be a few feet away warming up. Uh, So many, I mean, look, we know about the Stanley Cups and and the great teams and players that have been at Rexall Place. But that's what fascinates me about that is is everybody's going to have their own little, little snippet in their mind of something that they really captured while they were in that building and, and stayed with them. And sometimes those stories are bizarre or <laughs> a little funny or a little unexpected. And I, I think George's story certainly falls into that category. Eddie Van Halen, here's the thing. Eddie Van Halen sprayed with Edmonton toilet water. Is there is there in, in, in anything that could be as important to Eddie Van Halen that has happened in his life as being sprayed with Edmonton toilet water. (laughs) You can text us at 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. we got a couple of other interesting anecdotes ahead. Ken Lowe as well. Uh, I asked him earlier today about some of the toughest Oilers of all time, so we'll get to that answer as we move along. Inside Sports on 630, Chad. (laughs)
3: Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reid Wilkins on 630
1: Ah, And there is Edward Van Halen using the drill. The intro to Poundcake, Track 1 on their 1991 compact disc for unlawful carnal knowledge. Make sure you say the full name and not the acronym when you're talking about it with your grandmother, okay? Inside Sports on 630, Chat. it is 619. We got uh, a few guys on hold here. I just quickly want to get to the scoreboard. Quiet night of the NHL. The Senators lead the Jets 1-0 after the first. Zach Smith with the goal, his 22nd of the season. See, that's what I mean when I talk about the Oilers being able to add an all-round type winger. So a lot of guys that can go out there and get you 18 to 24 goals that aren't necessarily stars but can maybe do some of the detailed things right that the Oilers have been lacking. Capitals and Flyers no score early. The Flames play the Ducks later on. Uh, of course, the Oilers are last in the National Hockey League. Fewest number of points along with Vancouver and Toronto, but the Oilers have uh, played more games, so they are in last place. 780 Oil Kings start at 7, of course. We'll keep you updated. And we have Jory kicking off the open line tonight. Jory, how are you doing? Not bad. Yourself? I'm doing great. What's on your mind, man?
3: So just uh, talking about the rec call there. Uh, two years ago uh, with the Lloyd Minster Station,
1: uh, what is it? I think the
3: GOAT, uh, Zelmer, we ended up winning a contest uh, for Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames game, and he, he, he set the stakes up. Whoever lost had to get a tattoo of the other team on them, and I've never had tattoos, and my mom doesn't ever want that, and she ended up coming with. So, yeah, we sat there all day, you know, Rooting for Oilers and they actually won and it was pretty funny. He got uh, he got Wayne Gretzky's wife tattooed on his arm with Edmonton Oilers jersey, and yeah, we still we still joke about it every now and then. It was pretty good.
1: Now Jory, it's been a few years since I worked in Lloydminster and I also didn't work at the Goat. I worked at the Newcap station. Is Zelmer is he one of the hosts? Yes, he betcha. Okay, he probably wasn't there uh, when I was there. So is he a Calgary supporter or did he just do that just to, to just to make a crazy bet? He,
3: he he was a diehard Calgary and I was a diehard Edmonton. That's uh, I, I think that's what made the stakes go that far.
1: <laughs> now, do you remember which game it was? Um, because because the enough. road team has won a lot of games recently in the Edmonton Calgary series. Yes, yes.
3: Uh, it would have been.
1: So, I want to say September. Well, oh, well, exhibition even. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow, you bet on an exhibition game. Oh, wow. yes. Jory, yeah. Jory, you are brave. That, that,
5: that's... Oh, I know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you and your mom didn't get stuck with flaming sea tattoos, buddy. That that's a great story. Oh yeah. You bet Thanks a lot for calling.
6: Not a problem, thank you.
1: That is Jory chiming in. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It is six twenty two. Quick text message before I go to James. Flyers Dean. Says, the first game I ever went to was the WHA Oilers against the Houston Arrows. I was nine rows up, great seats. I saw Gordy Howe play with his two sons. Gordy came in on net, shoots right, but he switched and shot left and scored. <laughs> that, that's a, that, that is a great memory. I believe, can, Matthew, while I get to the calls here, can you look up WHA 78-79 season? Because I think Houston, they might have already been out of the league by then. I can't remember who the final six or seven teams were. Obviously, they were the four teams that wound up in the NHL. We have James on the line as well. Hey, James. Hey,
6: Reed. Ironically, uh, my memory is uh, involves Gordie Howe, but not as a player, and Janet Jones. Okay. It was the game that Wayne Gretzky broke Gordie Howe's points record, and I was below them. They had the whole entourage. There was Gordie Howe and Bruce McNall and Janet Jones and and uh, Gordie Howe, and even John Candy. And it was during a civic election, and I held up a sign that said, Wayne Gretzky for mayor. And I got the thumbs up from uh, Janet Joan Gretzky.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, that's, that's a great story. October 15th, 1989, so he was traded that summer. And if I remember that game, he broke the record with a tying goal late in the game, and the fans went nuts. And then didn't he, and he get the overtime goal and then nobody cheered. I think he assisted
6: or vice versa. Okay. He got the tying goal late and assisted it cuz it was it went to overtime. I think overtime was there. I know he he either scored or set up and then vice versa for the for the winning goal.
1: Right. And and and, and, he, and even though it hurt the first goal hurt the Oilers everybody cheered and then when they got the overtime goal people were like, "Oh, well that sucks."
6: And <laughs> another quick note, sorry, Reed, uh, also during that intermission John Candy was there signing autographs and I wanted to get an autograph but i wanted to get back to my seat and i made some comment because you know uh, they owned the the toronto oregonauts and and john candy owned part of the la kings with mcdonald and stuff and and uh, i said to him made some comment about uh, you're probably doing you know more traveling now than you did during planes trains and automobiles and his back was to me but i could see the corner of his mouth curl up and as i walked away as he's signing autographs for these fans
1: that is, uh, you know, that's a bit of a surreal thing to talk about. I mean, and, and now we're getting, you know, generations of people who don't really know who uh, John Candy was. I mean, that he teamed up with the greatest hockey player of all time and this very flamboyant owner, who, of course, later went to jail for a while because of the white collar. Uh, I mean, what yeah. it was, the the coin stuff and all that, uh, that, that. Those were the three guys that bought a CFL team. Like it's almost hard to believe now. They're, they should make a movie about it.
6: Yeah. Anyways, that's uh, my memories from Rexall Coliseum, whatever. Skyreach.
1: <laughs> James, good man. Thanks a lot for calling. I just brought up the scoring summary here on the. Uh, if you ever, if you ever need an old scoring summary, just Google Flyers Summary Project. It's not just Philadelphia box scores. They got all tons of box scores going back. Gretzky fourth goal of the season tied it at nineteen oh seven. Gretzky's fifth goal of the season, won at 3:24 in overtime, so he did get both. The Kings took the game 5-4. Okay, Bernie and Sean, Sean, you're going to have to stay on hold till after the news, but Bernie, I'm going to get you in here before the break. Go ahead.
3: Hey, I'll go through it quickly. So I had season tickets from WHA and all the way through. I went to the first concert, and the funniest part of it is Stevie Wonder is playing the piano. All of a sudden, he stops and he waves, his, moves his head around like he's looking around, which is impossible and so we're all just kind of wondering what's going on he stopped playing and all of a sudden he says i'm just looking at all my fans here in edmonton and of course the place erupted uh the night that we got the that gretzky we the night that gretzky got the 50 and 39 i thought the stands were going to collapse we actually went crazier that night than we did on all the stanley cups and the stanley cups were exciting but he was going on the road so we're going we don't get to see him beat the record that's right Got four already he's going on the road he's clearly going to get number 50 in vancouver and he and he gets it for us in front of us i truly i thought we were going to collapse the the uh edmonton was the first stop for years on people's worldwide tours and because we had a good size arena it would always sell out and we had good fans so and, and others may phone in with this so they'll know that for years We would always be the first stop. And it basically was the the last dress rehearsal. And that's important because we would get a a two-and-a-half-hour show from everybody because they would play every single song that they might roll in and out of on the rest of their tour. So this was the best place to be because we would get an extra half hour of whoever it was that was starting their world tour because they would start them here.
1: I did not know that, though I have heard a couple stories over the past week about... Band starting the world tours here. And I thought, man, that's weird. Edmonton got more than one. So that's, I, di- I didn't know that, Bernie. That's a great story. And the Gretzky 50 and 39, I think, I'll have to check the, the site I was just talking about. I believe the Oilers went into that game in Vancouver and I think played really poorly and lost. And I think Gretzky's parents were there. And I can remember listening to that on the radio, and I think Rod Phillips saying Wayne Gretzky's like the first guy off the ice and he's disgusted. I, I don't know if that's what you remember, but I think they lost that next game to Vancouver.
3: And So so we might not have missed the 50th goal anyways, but we thought that's it, we don't get to see 50. Yeah. All of a sudden he put and I don't care that it was an empty net, he scored the damn goal.
1: Yeah, it went and, in. Yeah, you got to be ahead and, in the I game.
3: Again, I truly thought the stands were going to collapse, and I didn't, oh, I, I remember one more. Uh, I was there the night that the, the wave accidentally was created by the Edmonton fans. What what Crazy George would do is he would bang his drum and point to one side so that everyone on the on the south side would jump up and cheer. Then everyone on the north side would jump up and cheer. And one time the section just to my right, for whatever reason, they screwed up and they jumped up a few seconds too late. And then the next group did then the next group and it rotate went all the way around the arena crazy george after seeing us, goes well this is better than having side to side he then used that to say okay it'll be you then you then you so he turned it into the wave it happened by accident because i don't know they
1: were drinking or something to our right bernie (laughs) were, were you did you hear last summer when we had crazy george on the show and he told that story Oh no! I didn't hear. Yeah, we had we had Crazy George on the show, and that's pretty much how we I hope told him. Said that I was there. That's yeah, what happened. That's is great. that what he said?
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. And then everyone afterwards says, "No, we created." It. Go yeah. Good luck,
1: boys. Bernie, thanks for calling, man. Bye bye. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The text line six thirty six thirty. Whole bunch more to come. Jack Michaels is ahead. Ken Lowe, former. Uh, Head medical trainer for the Oilers. More of your stories, too. We have open lines inside sports on Ched. Hey, this is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630, Ched. Well, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 635. Oil Kings game about half an hour away. We will keep you updated. Senators and Jets now into the second period. About, uh, well, just over a minute in. Ottawa on the power play with a one nothing lead. Capitals and Flyers still scoreless. Six minutes left in the first. Just one other game. Calgary is in Anaheim. What is that insane uh, losing streak Calgary has in Anaheim?
0: Oh, it's uh, got in the I'm 20s just double by checking
1: now. checking it. Uh... 22 right now. The Ducks, I'm just reading this off the game preview on the website. The Ducks will try to match a league record Wednesday night with a 23rd straight regular season home win over one opponent. Philadelphia beat Pittsburgh in 23 straight home games from 1980 to 1987. Man, like, which is more. We, we, like, man, twenty-two straight wins at home for Anaheim over Calgary, and what's the Arizona slash Phoenix one over Edmonton? Twenty-three straight points, twenty-three straight games with a point. Right, it's nineteen oh and four. Now that's all games, home and away. This is only Calgary at Anaheim. I don't know which one is the more. Well, it's not it's more more significant record, more unusual record, more telling record i guess about the the gap between the teams i mean i, I guess the flames have beaten anaheim in calgary and at least the flames have been in the playoffs they're both pretty pretty bad oilers have gone 23 straight games without beating the coyotes in regulation time the flames have gone 22 straight in anaheim without winning in that building that is remarkable i got a bit of a confession to make matthew
0: Okay, go ahead. You
1: know what? I, I I looked at the NHL schedule early today. I saw three games. I know the Oilers are in last. I didn't even look at the standings today. <laughs> I, I was just like, I I know it's five seconds of work, but I'm like, do I need to tell people exactly where Ottawa and Winnipeg are when I'm updating this score? Are, are people are people going to feel let down that the Canadian teams are all out? You know. It's like, yeah, Jets, I, I think Ottawa has more points than Winnipeg.
0: Just do what the Dallas Stars fans do when a visiting goal is announced. Say, who cares?
1: Is that what they do? They, I never even noticed that.
0: Yeah, I was, I, when I was at the game, in, in, because I went to a Dallas game this year to watch the Cowboys, and I happened to be in town when the Stars were playing the Sharks, and I went to the game, and after the guy finished announcing the visiting team's goal, the fans yell, who
1: cares? Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, I will say this. I think American sports fans are better for having little traditions like that, especially at the college level. By the way, if you ever want to see something really neat, just Google Wisconsin football, jump around on YouTube. Just put it up on YouTube. Uh you can reach us here seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 780 496 063. You can text 63630. I'm gonna to get to a couple of text messages and some more uh, interview snippets from earlier today. But Matthew, we did you check the what was what was the field? What was the WHA membership for the 78-79 season?
0: All right, Edmonton was there obviously. The Quebec Nordiques, Winnipeg jets. They called them the New England Whalers. They still back were then.
1: New England, okay.
0: Cincinnati Stingers. Birmingham Bulls and of course, the Indianapolis Racers were in there only for 25 games, just oh, 25. Okay. That's right. it. And then they also have the Soviet All Stars played six, Czechoslovakia played six, and Finland played one game as well.
1: But they okay, so they were touring teams. Yeah. So they put their record in there, even though yep. they weren't actually. All right. Okay, so that, those were the teams in the WHA. So yeah, I thought that Cincinnati and Birmingham were the other two final teams, and the two teams I did not get to see in person. I don't know how it is that I remember going to those games. I hope that's accurate. Um, maybe my parents remember taking me, but I, I seem to remember that I've always told people I went to three games in the WHA and I saw the three teams that, that wound up becoming NHL uh, NHL teams. Peter says, uh, Hey, read my Rexall memory is seeing Gretzky play as a member of the St. Louis blues in 1996. Book crushed him. With a hit, knocking him out of the game. I swear, a quarter of the crowd left after that. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky's what was it, twenty-two game stint with the St. Louis Blues. I don't even know if it was that long. You were at that game too. I was.
0: That was a. Oh, that was a. I was right. I, I was right there for that hit, and it was a crushing hit. Like Gretzky did not get up. It took him a couple minutes to get up. Reed, it was bad.
1: That that'd be a great trivia question for someone like maybe. Um, I hate to be stereotypical here, but an American who knows a fair bit about hockey, but not a lot as the average Canadian would name the, all the NHL teams Wayne Gretzky played for. You tend to forget about St. Louis, right? It was a, uh, that brief little stint. And then they lost, that was the Iserman game seven overtime goal, right? In the second round. Was it Casey that was filling in, in net? Was it John Casey for the blues? Was that after that Fur And so, yeah, Kiprios, was it? Kiprios, Kiprios him that ran him over in the crease. Yeah. I think it was John Casey. I think his first name was John. And he played incredible, and then Iserman got the... Uh, well, he's
0: better known for the 91 series, reading really, with, the, with the North Stars and the Orders, John Casey. Or is that Casey. Who I'm
1: thinking of? Was Casey then the Blues goalie in 96? I thought he was. He was as well. Okay. We got uh, Ted on the line. Ted, thanks for calling in.
5: Hi, Reid. Just uh, one of the stories, one of my fond memories of uh, Rexall was probably good 42 years ago. Um, back in, I guess it would have been the WHA days, me and a buddy were at a game. And it was after the game, we were waiting in the north foyer, waiting for our ride to come and get us. The ride was quite late. And um, we were just standing around the foyer. There was hardly anybody left in the building. And lo and behold, uh, uh, Bobby Hall and Teddy Green come strolling into the foyer. We were standing around with them for a little while. And we were just kids at the time, uh, probably around 11 or 12 years old. And uh next you know, they started scrapping with us, and we were wrestling away in the... Uh, in the foyer and uh after a little after a few minutes of opt bobby hall asked if we wanted his audi- autograph and of course we didn't have any pen or anything to write on so pulled out a dollar bill autographed it and uh gave it to us and uh-huh. of course the next day next day at uh at school i was uh uh Mark Neshe was in my class and of course uh, being the hockey guy that he was he was jealous as all heck about the uh bobby hall dollar bill that I know that I probably should have been getting him to
1: sign it at the same time, but anyway, <laughs> a fond memory for me there. Bobby Hall. Well, at that time he would have had a million of them, right? Because it wasn't he, he would have
5: had a lot, yeah.
1: Because didn't the Jets yeah. make him a million dollar player to get him to come over from the NHL?
5: Yeah, he that's, that was the big million. That's right. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, that's yeah. pretty cool. Right on, Ted. Uh, yeah. Thanks for calling. Okay.
5: Thanks.
1: Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It's six forty three. Uh, Jordan says my best memory in Rexall watching game five in 2006 on the big screen when Pisani scored shorthanded the rink the rink was only partially filled but was louder than I ever heard I remember watching that game that was when I was living in Lloyd Minster I worked till seven I did the TV sports you know went home I I probably missed the start of the game well I think I fell out of my chair well, because Carolina's up 3-1. They go on the power play in overtime. It's like, okay, here it comes. Like, it's just like, that happened? What? I can't imagine what it would, would have been like to be surrounded by thousands of Oilers fans at that moment. We have Kevin on line two. Kevin, thanks for calling Inside Sports.
7: Hi, Reed. How are
1: you? Doing well.
7: I'm a first-time caller. I'm from St. Albert, Alberta. And uh, one of my Rexall Place memories was... Uh, Mark Messier's first game as a member of the New York Rangers against the Edmonton Oilers.
1: Yeah, that would have been a, a big deal coming back. So when would that have been? 90. Be the 1991,
7: 1990
1: 91 season, Reid. Oh, yeah, he was gone that soon after that Cup, wasn't he? No,
7: it? it was 91 92, yes. Okay. He was gone after the 90 season.
1: So what do you remember about that night, Kevin? Um,
7: it was. When he when the Rangers came on the ice and he and when he got on, the fans just—it's all I remember—is a standing ovation, and that's all I remember about that game. <laughs>
1: yeah, was he was he your favorite Oiler at the time or from that era?
7: Yes, yes, yes. He was my favorite Oiler, along with '99 Wayne Gretzky.
1: Yeah, do you still go to any games, Kevin?
7: No, I don't. I haven't been to an Oilers game since the 2009-2010 season.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so it's been a while. All right. Yes. Well, hopefully they're good enough here. They prompt you to go back in the new rink, Kevin. (laughs) I hope so. Thanks for calling, buddy. we got to get,
7: yeah, no problem, Reed. Thank you.
1: Okay, that is Kevin calling in, 780-496-0063. Tell you what, Jeff is up next on the phone line, but i got to take a quick timeout. We'll get to more of your text. Jack Michaels, uh, Ken Lowe, all still ahead. Inside Sports on 630 Ched.
3: You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Well, huge
1: body check here ottawa Winnipeg game Dustin Bufflin just obliterated Mark Stone Stone did get up That's that That's a clean body check man It was a great hit Like I I you know what that that's one of those it's probably going to get reviewed and I'm all for limiting head and guys got to be aware keep your elbow down but that uh, Bufflin didn't jump Stone had his head down Like, Stone almost skated into Bufflin as much as Bufflin did anything to make the hit. That's just a... Well, Stone's not a small guy, but Bufflin's bigger. Uh, It looked really violent. It set off a melee. I wonder if they're going to review that one. I I mean, here's the thing. They're going to slow it down frame by frame, and if Bufflin's shoulder hits Stone in the head first, they're going to say, well, it's up to Bufflin to, to make sure his shoulder doesn't go up that high. But that, to me, just seeing it once... Well, twice in full speed from two different angles, it, it looked like a textbook body check. I mean, may, maybe they're going to say he could have crouched down a little lower. We'll see what the fallout is from that. That's going to be an interesting one. By the way, Duncan Keith, he's going to get—you can't do that, eh? You saw this the stick swing yeah. last night against the Wild. Just I mean, dumb. Great player, but I mean, you're frustrated or not, you can't use your stick like that. So he'll 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 have a hearing for that. Okay, we got uh, Jeff. On the line, who I believe was uh, an important part of the off ice crew back in the 80s. Jeff, is that true?
2: Well, uh, not really. I mean, I did work for the Oilers back in the 86 87 season. I actually did uh, stats uh, upstairs with one of the guys face offs, one and lost, and shots on net, and I got to run that down to the dressing room in between periods. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: Well, that's a pretty so- important job.
2: Oh, and you know what? I, I loved it. It was great, and I got to be in the dressing room after every game and get to know the guys and meet them a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, there was some uh, some interesting stories from there that I could go into, and some that I probably shouldn't as well. So.
1: <laughs> now, would guys? Uh, would you ever get a guy like saying, "Hey, that I that that was my assist, or I, I blocked that shot, or why is this total so low?" <laughs> Did you get any of that?
2: No, I no that. that that stuff I didn't do. Uh, I, basically, when I ran it down, I just took it into the coaches' dressing, oh. gave it to the guys and and the coaches, and, and then they they would use that however they wanted to do it. So uh, I remember the one time that uh, I usually the guys were in there watching TV. The coaches were. One time they came in and they were losing to Philadelphia, and uh, Saylor was in the in the players' room in between periods, and he was screaming at them. So all I did was just politely put the papers on the coffee table and walked out in a hurry.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So you had to know when uh, when you could linger and when you had to put your head down and get out of there.
2: <laughs> yeah, usually after the games it was okay. And uh, I remember my, uh, my wife still hates this, but there was the one time that uh, they, the team had a calendar, and so I went and I got it signed by everybody. And Kevin McClellan was one of the great guys back in the day, and so he said, well, who should I make this out to? And I said, oh, Michelle, which was my girlfriend at the time. And so I gave it to her, and she didn't even realize I got this signed by everybody. God, I wish I still had that calendar. I wonder what's worth today.
1: <laughs> and Michelle didn't become your wife, obviously. <laughs> no,
2: she's not my wife, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, those are great. A uh, quick question. How computerized was, was the stats keeping back then?
2: Oh, it was a piece of paper, and uh, that was about it. And all you had to do was write down who I'm – from the opposing team's numbers went up against each other and that's all it was so there was the head statistician guy and myself and I wish I could remember his name and all he did is he said win or lose and then I would put a tick beside the the Oilers guy if he won or lost and that's all it was
1: Oh, that's crazy. Well, you should, there's like seven or eight people doing the stats now because they just sit like three chairs over to my right, and you can hear them oh. calling out shots on goal or they'll be like, block 15, because they got to do all the turnovers and giveaways and all that kind of stuff. So
2: Yeah, no, it's, I'm sure it's uh, way more intricate than what it was back then. It was pretty, uh, pretty basic, but this guy did a lot of stuff with it after the games in order to put it into some sort of a spreadsheet so they could use it for their tracking system.
1: Jeff, great call. Good to hear from you. Thank you, appreciate it, guys. All right, we got Matt on the line as well. Matt, you're on Inside Sports with Reed.
8: Hey, Reed, how you doing? Doing well. Hey, uh, talking about Rexall memories. <clears throat> about four years ago, I was at the C.F.R. and uh, during the bull riding, one of the bulls ended up jumping right over the fence, right into the crowd, in about second row, and uh, crowd dispersed and it got a little hairy for a minute there, but everybody was definitely on the edge of their seats for about 20 minutes when they were getting that taken care of
1: i i remember that story I, I i wasn't there but that is i mean from a guy who covered a, a few rodeos uh when i worked out in lloyd i mean not a lot maybe three a year but often i would i would uh and i'd be there with a camera person or i'd be shooting it myself and you'd get to set up right behind the the bucking shoots yeah and i mean look we know bulls are big animals but when you are actually up close to a bull. If you're like me, I didn't even though I grew up in a rural area, I didn't really grow up around, you know, livestock and stuff like that. I mean, the the power and the ferocity of those animals is 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 amazing.
8: Oh yeah, they're uh they're definitely a powerful beast. But uh, a couple guys got taken out on stretchers and they definitely got a, a full view of the size of those of that bull. But...
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. scary. I I remember that, but I yeah, I don't think I don't think there were any well, I don't know what the extent of those injuries were, but, uh, but uh, yeah, that was pretty crazy. Matt, thanks a lot for calling.
8: Hey, no problem. Have a good day, guys.
1: All right. And uh, Peter as well on the line. Hey, Peter. Hey, how's it going, Reed? Doing very well.
8: Hey, uh, I got a recent kind of Rexall place memory, and uh, it's been, you know, dim last couple of years, but uh, I was at the Sam Gagne eight-point night uh, at Rexall when they played Chicago. Yep. And, I mean, it – I'm almost speechless talking about it again because I remember when he got the seventh point, I looked at my girlfriend and I said, there's no way this is happening. There's no way he's going to get eight. And when he got that, I mean, the crowd was electric and it was just one of those kind of once-in-a-lifetime things.
1: Well, that's a great point. And, and unfortunately, I mean, like I, I know it's a 10-year streak. I always kind of separate the last seven because they almost made the playoffs in 08 and 09, right? Mm-hmm. So out of these last 7 years where they've pretty much been well out of it there's been two of the best individual performances in the league during that span that night and the Scrivens 59 save night which are just like how does how does that even happen and and what the funny thing about Peter or about the Gagné night Peter I was I was working on Stoffer's show at that time as as his producer and if you ever listened to that or listened to this show when Dan hosted around that time, how many Oilers fans hated Sam Gagne? Like hated. And him. I
8: was one and I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, I was one of them, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, he, obviously he had his shortcomings, but hey, good good for him if you can pull that off in one night, yeah. that's a historic uh, historic feat.
8: And the thing with it just to maybe finish this off was, I mean, this was against Chicago too. Like and this is the Chicago Blackhawks who you know, still our Stanley Cup favorite every year. This wasn't against, like,
1: Columbus know, uh, or whoever was bad at the exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. It, was,
8: it was just one of those awesome, you, you have to be there kind of
1: moments. Yeah. Peter, thanks for calling. Thanks, buddy. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Barry, hang on through the news. Uh, you'll be up on the open line, and then we'll bring in Jack Michaels in the next half hour as well. Inside Sports on Ched.